Well, as uh, Pastor Marvin said, I am the children's pastor, and I've been the children's pastor for about a year, almost a year, and uh, I enjoy it so much being able to uh, just impact the kids and just be a blessing to them. And also, I say it gives me an excuse to be crazy and not get judged. So, so I love it. I love it. So, um, I'm going to talk to y'all today about a woman who fears the Lord. And the main, the one scripture that I love is uh, Proverbs 31:30, and it says, "Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised." And I, I said it was uh, funny. I was telling Pastor because. Every single time I look at myself in the mirror when I can be tempted to get conceited and be like, I'm so beautiful, look at me. And then I'm like, wait, no, no, it's not me. That's not what it's about. And I'd say, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And then, and then I wonder about that. What, it, what does that mean? Because I think that can be misinterpreted sometimes because even when I was a kid, every time I heard the word fear, I thought of, oh, trembling, and you're scared, and everything else. And then I was like, okay, but it's to fear the Lord, and the Lord hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So I was like, okay, so what does this mean? So I really started researching what it meant to fear the Lord. And then I found the scripture, and it said um, in Psalms 111, verse 10, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And it says, All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. So I thought about that. I'm like, okay, so the fear of the Lord obviously is important if it's the beginning of wisdom. So I was like, okay, what does that mean? So I was talking to to pastor and I was asking him, so what does that mean to fear the Lord? And he gave me this definition and I loved it. And it said, and he said that the fear of the Lord, it's not a terror of disobeying his laws or disobeying him, but it's a wholesome dread of displeasing him. It's a respect. It's not a fear like, oh no, I, I did the wrong thing, I'm going to get smited. Or, oh no, I did the wrong thing, I'm going to get in trouble. Or, or like when you were a little kid and you know that you did something wrong and you knew your mom and dad were after you and you're like, I didn't do anything. What are you talking about? No, no. And I, I remember that, definitely. But this... It's <laughs> another time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, this is awesome. But... <laughs> yeah, but the fear of the Lord... I looked it up, and the one word that I got from it was reverence. So I looked up reverence, and I was like, what is that? And it says, a deep respect. So it's not, it's not just a respect, but it's a deep respect. And I was like, okay, Lord, why, why do we want to respect you? And then, and then I just thought about it, and I was like, you, you love us when we can't even love ourselves. And, and you, you love us when we were unlovable. And when we want to say, well, Lord, I don't deserve your love. And we don't. We don't deserve his love. But he loved us so much to send his son to die. And his grace is abounding. And he says, you don't deserve it, but I love you more. And I'm going to give it to you. And I think he should be respected for that. Definitely. Someone who 
loves us despite what we do, despite where we've been, despite what we've struggled with or what we've said. He loves us. It's, it's that unconditional love. And I was, it was funny because I've been thinking about this for months and months because I was like, okay, this has to be perfect. This has to be perfect. And the Lord was like, no, this has to be me. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And <laughs> so I was, uh, I work at Skyline Cafe and I was there, it was about a couple days ago and I was just doing my morning shift and I ran into one of our regulars and he said, hello, my sister in Christ, how are you doing? And, and he was so awesome. And all I said was just, I'm doing great. I'm getting ready to preach a message on Sunday about the fear of the Lord. And right there, he just went off. And he was like, oh, that's so awesome. And he's like, I love the fear of the Lord. And he said this one thing, and it just, and it just stuck with me. And he said, you want to be so in love with God that you just, you just want to respect him. You just want to respect him. That nothing else matters. That, that love outweighs the sin and stuff that you don't want to even get involved in sin because you know you're going to hurt him and because his love is so great that he sees beyond our sins and our mistakes and our mess ups and he says no no I love you more no 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 just just set all that aside as far as the east is from the west so 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 far have I wiped away your sins so it's not it's not even a concern to him and then I was like whoa that's so good to be so in love with him that it's like, I was like, have you ever been so in love with someone that nothing else matters? Nothing else matters. And you don't, you don't want to do anything to break their heart because you love them so much. And so I was like, I love you like that. I love you like that. I'm willing to, to look ridiculous. I'm willing to stutter over my words just to get a message out because I love you that much. And it was so cool because the fear of the Lord is what makes our love. Sorry. It makes our love for him outweigh our selfish desires. Because the, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak and everything. And of course, Satan being the deceiver he was, after all, he was an angel. Lucifer, the greatest of all. He is deceiving, so he makes sin look pleasurable. He makes it look fun. He makes it look like, oh, you don't want to follow God. You're missing out on all that fun. You're, you're missing out on life. You're not going to experience life if you follow God. But it's like, if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and just, just think of life with God. He wants to give us a life that he's always designed us to have. He wants to restore us back to the way he always wanted us to be. And so my first, my first point is a woman who fears the Lord hates evil. Hates evil. And in um, Proverbs 8.13, it says, the fear of the Lord is to, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. Okay, and I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about this. And I said, well, why? Why is it? Why, why are we to hate evil and everything? But I mean, think about it. Think about like past mistakes you've made, has it ever gotten you to a good place? Like, I know it's always brought me to the end of myself. I realized how I was nothing without God. I was in a, I was in a past relationship and I wanted, 
I wanted a boyfriend because I had never dated before and I was alone and I just wanted someone by me and the Lord was telling me not to get in the relationship and I was saying, no, but, but he just doesn't want me to have companionship. He just doesn't want me to have fun and all of that. So I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And I stepped out from under his covering and I got in that relationship and all it did was we were, it wreaked, it wreaked pain and suffering. And the thing about it is the Lord wants us to hate evil because he hates seeing us suffer. He hates seeing us in pain. He never wants us to be there. And you, I wonder why, why the Ten Commandments are there. Like, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. I mean, don't commit adultery. It's because all of those things just lead to pain. All of those things just make us worse. They just hurt us. And God sees that. And he loves us and he doesn't want us, he doesn't want us to, to hurt like that. Because, I mean, if he loves us where sin couldn't even, sin couldn't even stop him, he said, I'm going to make a way to have a relationship with my children again. So, a story I think of when I think of uh, a woman who fears the Lord hates evil was when I was about eight or nine, I went to Kmart and I saw, yeah, Kmart. Yeah, that doesn't even exist. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah it's right where Hobby Lobby is now. So, uh-huh, yeah. And I went there and I saw this, I saw this bottle of perfume and I really liked it and I really wanted it. And my dad wouldn't let me get it and I didn't have enough money. So I was like, oh, whatever, I'll steal it. So I just, I just took it, and I was walking out the store. My dad finds perfume on my person in the parking lot, and he instantly marched me back in there, and then he pulled the manager aside. I just found this out, actually, just a couple days ago. And uh, he specifically asked the manager to scare the bejeebies out of me. <laughs> so I would know never to do that again. And he definitely succeeded. Because I don't think I've ever felt that scared at all. And the thing about it is, why, why did my dad want, want him to do that? Because he knew that if I developed a habit of stealing, it was going to develop more hurt. And it was going to not only hurt me, but it was going to affect others too. And who knows what it would have led to. So, I mean, our sin has consequences. So God just doesn't give us give us things not to do because he just wants to sit up there and make rules. He does it because he wants to protect us. He wants to protect us from danger. He wants to protect us from heartache, from, from addiction, from pain, and all of that. And the beautiful thing about God's grace and his love is even when we do step out of his covering and even when we do disobey him and even when we do sin, his grace is sufficient. He's right there. And he's saying, hey, you fell down, but get back up again because I'm right here. It says nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us. And it says, uh, it says in Romans 12, 9, it says, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor, ab, abhor, abhor. I have to ask my mom this. Yes. Abhor. See, no, it's perfect. Uh, abhor, <laughs> what is evil? And I looked what abhor means, and it means disgust and hatred towards what is evil. And it says, and cling to what is good. 
And, and God wants us to do that because he, he wants us to have a heart like him because he knows what's best for us. He knows our thoughts before we think them. He knows when we go to bed and when we rise. Psalms 139, Miss Vicky's favorite verse, chapter. I mean, it's, when I think about that, I'm like, here I'm thinking that I know better, that I, I know more than he does, and I don't. I don't at all. I'm silly for thinking that. And he's like, oh, I'll show you that you don't know better. That's right. You, you want to fall on your butt? Just go ahead and do that. We'll see. Yeah, I'll be right here waiting for you. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then again, and then in Romans uh, 6, 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So then again, that says right there, why we, if we fear the Lord, we should hate evil. Because right there, the wages of sin is death. So when we get in sin, the automatic product of it is going to be death. And it says, but the gift of God is eternal life. Here God is with this gift that he's given us because of his son. And he's saying, here, I'm here giving it to you. I'm just waiting for you to receive it. We don't have to earn it. I think that so many times that I have to earn his love. And I'll tell you in a little bit a story about that. And it's just, when we think about how this sin is just going to lead to death. And my, and my God, my creator, who knows me better than I know myself, is saying, don't do it. And he says, be of good cheer, for I've already overcome the world. And there's nothing new under the sun. So he already knows everything that's going to happen. And he already sees the end result. He already sees that if that child goes to touch the stove, he already sees, just like a mom sees, you're going to burn your finger. Don't touch the stove. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to burn my finger. Ah! And then it's like they see that. They see the result and God sees it. So anytime that we go and we think that we know better, he's saying, no, you don't. No, you don't. Don't do that. Do you, I know what's going to happen. Can you just trust me? And you're like, no. And he's like, okay, I'll be right here. I'm waiting. So, and then another reason for that, that he wants us to hate evil and know that he doesn't, again, like I said, he doesn't want to just make rules because he just wants us because I said so. I, I did not like that. I did, I never, never liked that. Why? Because I said so. That's not a good reason. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, and then, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know now. Probably end up saying that to my child too. Oh, God help me. Yeah. And he knows, he always has our good in mind. He always has our good in mind. So he's not saying it just because he wants to tell us what to do. And he wants to have control over us. He's saying because he always has our best in mind. And it says the, let me see. Okay, Deuteronomy 6.24 says, So the Lord commanded us to to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always and for our survival as it is today. So he does it because he wants us to have eternal life. It says that, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God has come to give us life that we may have it and enjoy it more abundantly. That's right. I mean, his, his grace is sufficient, but when we make that mistake and when we sin, we got to take a whole nother road and, to get back to his grace. 
So he's just saying, I just want to save that part. I just want to skip that part and you to just enjoy, enjoy abundant life. Just enjoy it. Um, when I was about 10 years old, a little background on me, I hate scary things. I don't like scary movies. I don't like monsters. I don't like people scaring me. I don't like anything. I do not like scary things. Guys don't get anything in mind. And I was about 10 years old, and my dad knew this very well. He knew this very well. And I was about 10, and we were walking in Walmart, and there was, it was a cardboard cutout of a witch. And we were passing by, and my dad looks at me, and he says, don't look. And, and I was like, what? what? What do you mean, don't look? Usually when you say don't look, what's going to happen? You're going to look. But I wasn't trusting my dad. I wasn't understanding that he had my best in mind. I thought I knew better, and I was like, oh, whatever, I'm going to look. And I looked, and I saw the witch, and I had nightmares for like two weeks. Wow. Yeah. And see, the thing... <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of sad it's a witch, but still. That's, that's just how sensitive my conscience is. And uh, that's actually a blessing that God has given me a sensitive conscience because ever since I was little, anything I've ever done wrong, I instantly, it was either it was a couple hours after or the next day that I instantly went and told my dad. It didn't matter what it was or how bad it was. There were some things that my friends were like, you told your dad what? And, then, and I was like, yeah, they're like, are you crazy? My parents would have beat me if I told them that. And I was like, my dad, my dad loves me and he doesn't, and he doesn't judge me. And he wants the best for me. And so just like my dad loved me and he saw that I was sensitive to scary things like that. And he saw the results of me looking at that and how it was going to affect me. He had my best in mind. So he was saying, I'm trying to protect you. Don't look. And I was saying, I don't care. I'm going to look. And then, and then that's, that's how that happened and stuff. And then, uh, Again, I love, the, I love the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. Because if God has our best in mind, always, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, to give you plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So, I mean, so, so often we're like, oh no, but I know better. And he's like, no, I know the plans I have for you. And they're not plans for you to get to, to be harmed. So stay away from sin. So stay away from disobeying me because it's only going to hurt you and you're only going to end up right back on your knees and saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, and so my, uh, my last point that I love is uh, this is what I relate to the most. is a woman who fears the Lord has utter dependence on him. And I love that because the, the word utter means entire, entire dependence. And it means every single second, with everything, with every situation, God wants us to depend on him. I mean, even, even preparing for this message, I was nervous. I was nervous because I was like, I'm going to, because I've, my dad says that I try to explain things, words with more words. And it just makes it more confusing. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'm just not going to talk. And then that never works because I have the gift of gab. Anyways. But, so, oh. <laughs> Love you, Dad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I was, actually a couple days ago, I was 
thinking and thinking and praying and say, okay, God, I want this to be all you. I don't want this to be me. I want this to be all you and not me. And I've had people tell me before, oh, you're such a woman of God. Oh, it's so awesome hearing you speak. It's always, it's always God and everything. And you're always full of the word. And little did I know, I was letting that get to my head. See, I talk too much. And I was letting that get to my head and I was thinking, it was weird because I was almost independent from being dependent on God, saying, oh, I don't need anybody else. I have God. But it was a weird thing where it was like, it was, it was like a pride thing. I didn't realize it. But I was like, oh, oh, I can do this. They, I have the word, I can do this. I don't need anybody else and stuff. And God, that's not, that wasn't being dependent on him. That was secretly or deceivingly being dependent on me. So a couple of days ago, I'm, I'm sitting down and I'm thinking, okay, rehearsing my message and like, no, no, that doesn't sound right. And then I would get over a part and then I just got confused. And then I got mad at myself and then I just stopped. And I have this ridiculous solution that when something gets hard and I, and I get scared, I freeze up and run away. And that, that solves nothing. I'm lear- I've learned that very quickly. It's, it's still going to be there and everything. So I was like, okay, um, I, I need help, God. I'm, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do this. Because if anything, if there's anything that I've learned about fearing the Lord more, it's that we can't do life without him. We can't. It says in Matthew 5 that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So I was, I was sitting here and I was thinking, okay, it's not sounding right and I'm getting mad at myself and, it's, and if it's not perfect, then I'm just, I'm just not going to go up there. I'm just not going to speak. Forget this. And then I just started having this weird emotional breakdown and I was like, what's happening to me? I felt like I was turning into a monster or something. And I had had uh, trouble sleeping too. So it was just all coming on me at once. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And I was freaking out and I couldn't think straight. And then I tried to think of my message. And I was like, no, that doesn't sound right. And I said, oh God, you're not there. What's happening? And I just started trying to quote all these scriptures like it was going to make me feel better instantly. And it wasn't. And I was like, oh, I'm going to call people. And I started calling people. And I was like, no, you're not helping. <laughs> you're not comforting me. <laughs> Go away. No, this isn't working. And I was like, ah. And so I was just freaking out. And then I'd call out to God. But because I was so anxious, I couldn't think straight. No wonder he says in his word, be anxious for nothing. Because he knows exactly what it does to our heart and our mind. And how we can't, we can't think. We can't function. It makes us sick. I've, I've been sick before because I've been anxious. And so I finally was like, okay, just forget this. And finally I went to bed and I was mad at myself. And I was like, it's not coming. And I have like a couple days before I have to speak and what's happening. And Lord, you're supposed to speak to me by now. And so I, <laughs> I was just getting mad. <laughs> and I woke up about three in the morning and I was like, seriously? Yeah, that's of course, I can't sleep, of course. And then uh, I was like, Lord, this isn't fair. I can't sleep, and what is going on? And then instantly, I, the Lord laid on my heart, um, be still and know that I am God. So I was like, okay, I'm still. You're not talking. You're not talking to me. And he's like, you're not being still. And I was like, okay. So finally, I was like, okay, maybe there's a reason that I'm up right now. 
I was like, okay, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to do? And he instantly laid on my heart, pray. So I sat up and I started praying. And then he said, that he, I felt like he laid on my heart, thank me for your struggles. And I was like, what? That, okay. So I was like, thank you that I had an emotional breakdown. Thank you. Thank you that I was having problems. Thank you that I struggle with this. And I was, I was just, I was like, okay, but I'm going to keep talking. And I kept thanking him and then instantly it just hit me. And it was like, he is strong where we are weak. And I was seeing that I wasn't being dependent on him. And he showed me, he brought me to the end of myself to show me that you don't have to try. You don't have to, like, it's not by, it's not by works that we've been saved. You don't, because I always felt like I have to earn your love. If I can, if I can speak a good message, then, oh, then, we'll, then I'll be on track. Then, then I'll have God's love more. But that's not how it is. He says, he says, no, no, my grace is a gift. He says, no, no, I love you despite, despite your actions. That's, that's not what it's about. You're not being dependent on me. You're still trying to do it on your own. And I was like, whoa. I was like, okay, thank you. Thank you for that. And then that's when I realized that what it, that's what it means to be utterly dependent. He doesn't want us to be perfect. He doesn't want us to get really busy and complete everything on our to-do list or be the perfect mom or dad or brother or sister or employee. And then we have God's love. He says, no, just depend on me. Just be willing to be used by me. Just be an open vessel. And, and um, I, was, I was praying to the Lord and asking him for a word. And he gave me, it was like a little rhyme. And it said, it said, when you empty yourself, let me see if I can get it. It says, I fill you up with me. No, we're, we're filled up with him when we empty us of ourselves in our sin. And, and so it's like, in order for us to fully get to that place of peace with God, we've got to get first to that place of surrender. We've got to fall to our knees before we can touch the sky. We've got to say, okay, God, I can't do this without you. Okay, I, I really, really need you. And so, and then at that moment, the Lord laid on my heart. I've, I've been reading this devotional, Jesus Calling. It's so awesome. And the Lord laid on my heart, page 23. And I was like, okay. And it says, um, anything that tends to make you anxious is a growth opportunity. Instead of running away from these challenges, embrace them, eager to gain all the blessings I have hidden in the difficulties. If you believe that I am sovereign over every aspect of your life, it is possible to trust me in all situations. So it's, it was like, okay, you're definitely listening. You're definitely listening. And so I just, I just want to remind y'all that no matter where y'all are, no matter what you're struggling with, God is right there. And his word does not return void. So when he says, never will I leave you or forsake you, he means it. He means it. And don't worry about, well, oh, I'm weak and I don't have enough to give. That's, that's, that's a place of beauty. When we're saying, okay, I have nothing to give. And he says, okay, are you ready for me to fill you up? Are you ready? Can I, can I use you now? Because I don't look at you the way that the world looks at you. 
I don't look at you the way that you look at you. I look at you as, as matchless and beautiful. And, and I look at you with, without, without spot. And so when we, I want y'all to understand how much God loves you. And how much, like I said, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've gone through. He wants to use you right now. But you've got you've to hate evil. You love God more than you love sin. And you've got to know that he always has your best in mind. So don't think that you know better because you don't. He does. And he cares about you. And he wants you to experience abundant life. And then be utterly dependent on him. Every second. Go to him in prayer. If you don't know what to do, that's an awesome opportunity for him to use you. So I just want... I just want you to know that he loves each and every one of y'all. And he wants to use you. And there's so many people that he wants to reach through y'all. And he wants us to be that light of, that wor- light of the world in a city on a hill. He wants our light to shine before men so they'll see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. So if it means him speaking through me and I have to come up here and stutter and stumble and make a fool of myself, I don't care. If he uses me, I'm going to be fully dependent on him. And that's what, he's, that's what he's taught me, is just to lay it all down and just let him completely overwhelm me. Can we pray?